Hello, and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez, and I want to thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and visit cfmymeorg slash connect to fill out a connection card. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now we'll listen to a special message on baptism by Pastor Rick. Let's listen in. The Bible says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. What's the next word? What's the next word? Yeah, say it like you mean it at all campuses. Yeah, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Well, would you grab a seat at all of our campuses? And um, today, we're going to talk about baptism. And hopefully, we're going to accomplish two major goals. First of all, we're going to bring clarity to what baptism is really all about. And then secondly, hopefully, we're going to have a little bit of fun at the same time. Now, to do all of that, I want to begin by creating a visual picture of baptism in your mind. And so I've asked Garrett Silgy to join me on the stage today. Let's give it up for Garrett. Just, just an FYI, Garrett serves and works and leads all of the production at Christ Fellowship at all campuses, so he has a huge responsibility. <laughs> however, however, that's not the reason I've asked him to join me today. I asked Garrett to join me because Garrett just got engaged. Yeah to a beautiful girl named Ileana, and their wedding is in November, so it's coming fast, and I know it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful wedding. By the way, Garrett has got his wedding attire on today, as do I, (laughs) and that's because we want to try to create a mental image, a mental picture of baptism in your mind, because check this out. A wedding ceremony and a baptismal ceremony are a lot alike because both of them are a public declaration of love. Now, I want you to follow me here. Stay with me because I can already imagine the sights and sounds of Garrett's upcoming wedding. You know, a lot of people are going to gather for the celebration. Young men will be dressed in tuxedos, some old. Some will serve as ushers and the best man. Beyond that, beautiful girls will be dressed in beautiful dresses, coming down the aisle as the flower girl, the bridesmaids, the maid of honor. And standing at the center, down front, will be the man, the legend, (laughs) Garrett Silgey. Well, folks, I don't even have to tell you That the crowning jewel of every wedding is who? Yeah, it's the bride. And down the aisle is going to come the bride of Christ. I mean, see where I'm going. The bride of Garrett Silgy will be coming down the aisle. In fact, in fact, I thought we'd give Garrett and Ileana, his bride-to-be, a little practice run today. You okay with that? Okay, well, let's all stand then. And we're going to ask Ileana to come down the aisle now. How about that? 
right, you can all be seated. Let's give it up for them. Iliadi, you look beautiful. You're going to look even more beautiful on the day that you have your wedding gown on and on that day when you get married. Now, folks, I don't have to tell you that their wedding ceremony for them will be unforgettable, right? Unforgettable. Because every wedding ceremony, whether big or small, is unforgettable because it, all of them carry such meaning, don't they? Tell you what, hold that thought because I need, to, I need to say this. You do realize that Garrett and Ileana do not have to have a public ceremony to be legally married, right? In fact, all they have to do to be legally married is two simple things. Say I do before a legal official and do the paperwork. That's all they have to do to be legally married. So that raises the question, why have a public ceremony? Why invite people and make a big to-do out of it? Why not just, you know, say I do before a legal official and be, be done with it? Well, the answer is simple, isn't it? Saying I do before a legal official makes the marriage legal. But saying I do before a crowd of people makes their marriage public. In other words, they could just sign the paperwork and have a legal marriage. But by inviting friends and loved ones, they have a public marriage. And that's what the ceremony is. The marriage ceremony is a public declaration of love, isn't it? In other words, Garrett and Ileana will be saying, we want the public to know that we love each other. This is not a secret thing. We want the world to know that we unashamedly are committed to each other. We want everyone to know that we have made a commitment to follow each other, to follow each other through this life, and to love each other, and to talk with each other, to walk with each other, to do life together, sort of like one-on-one, -on -one, dinner for two, Garrett and Ileana forever. It's a public declaration. So, Garrett, why have a bunch of people show up for your wedding? Show the world that I love Ileana. Wow. And Ileana, why have a public wedding? Why? All right. Okay, great. Let's give it up for them. Great job, guys. Thank you so much for your help. Now, folks, let me turn a corner and, and, and bring all of that over to our study today. Because what an image, listen to this, what an image of a baptismal ceremony. In fact, here's my proposition. Listen to this. Just like a wedding ceremony is a public declaration of love, just like that, here's what baptism's about. Just like that, a baptism is a Christian's public declaration of love for Christ. Let me say that again. Just like a wedding ceremony is a public declaration of love, just like that, a Christian's baptism is a public declaration to the world of their love for Christ. And you might be saying, well, Rick, how is, how, is, how is baptism a public declaration of love? How is that like a wedding? 
We're going to find out as we explore this text in Matthew chapter 28. And I want to give you two major thoughts as we unpack it. By the way, how many of you have your listening guides at all of our campuses? Wave those in the air. Great. Two major thoughts if you're filling in the blanks about baptism. Here's what you need to know. Number one, the gospel is like a proposal. The gospel is like a proposal. Now, with that in mind, in fact, write this down as A. The proposal is an invitation to follow Jesus. The proposal is an invitation to follow Jesus. Now, with that in mind, let's pick up this text again in verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on the earth has been given to me. In other words, at this point in the gospel narrative, Jesus has already died, buried, and rose from the grave. He is about to ascend back to the Father. So watch what he says with all of that in mind. Verse 19, therefore, based on the fact that I have died, been buried, and rose again, therefore, go and make, here's a key word, make what? Disciples, disciples of all nations. Just stop right there. Because that word disciples, every time you see the word disciples in the, in the New Testament, it is a translation of the Greek word matetuo. I always tell you, your Bible, New Testament, was originally written, original text, was written in what's called Koine Greek, then translated from Greek into English, Spanish, French, whatever. But every time you see the word disciple, it is the translation of the Greek word matetuo. Here's what matetuo literally means. It means to make followers. Followers. Now, folks, mind you, Jesus could have said, go and make Christians. But he didn't. Instead, he said, go and make what? Followers. Why? Because, listen, because following Christ is what authentic Christians do. In fact, I want to make sure you get that, so write this down as A. Authentic Christians follow Jesus. And here's why. It's because it's intuitive to them to do that. It's almost like no one even, even has to tell them. It's, it's sort of axiomatic. I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't become a Christian by following Jesus. You become a Christian by receiving and by believing in Christ. The Bible's clear on that. Listen, in fact, listen to what the Bible says in John 1. The Bible says, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did, key word, receive, yeah, receive him, to those who believe. yeah, believed in his name, he gave the right to become what? The yeah, the children of God. I love it. To become a child of God, you believe in Christ. To become a child of God, the moment you receive Christ as Savior, the moment you open the door to your heart, the moment you open the door to your life and receive Him as God, receive Him as Lord, receive Him as the King of your life, the moment you receive Him, 
you become a Christian. At that instant, you are, you are saved. Again, the Bible's clear on this. For example, in, in Romans 10, the Bible says this. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will eventually be saved. No, don't say <laughs> Amen, brother. It does not say will eventually be saved. It says will be saved. Meaning what? Meaning the moment you call on Christ, you're not becoming saved. The moment you call on Christ as Savior, you receive Him as Savior, you become saved. It's done deal. Now, that being said, here's what you need to know. This is so important. The identifying characteristic of an authentic Christian is this. An authentic Christian will follow Jesus. In other words, being a Christian and following Jesus are inseparable realities. An authentic Christian, listen, does not have to follow Jesus. An authentic Christian wants to follow Jesus. But maybe there's a sense in which an authentic Christian kind of has to follow Jesus. In other words, I just have to do this. I'm compelled to do this. I can't not follow him. Why is that? It's because following Jesus is all about being together with him. Following is all about a relationship, which is what Jesus desires for all of us. In other words, the gospel is not just about saving you from eternal death. The gospel is about saving you, yes, but saving you into a relationship with Jesus where you and he do life together one-on-one now and forever. In fact, I always say this, but it's so true. This is the reason God made you. When God made the decision to bring you into this world, when God made the decision to give you life, he really had one primary goal. And that was to have a relationship with you. Not a religion. Not a tradition. Not a formality but a relationship where you would love him and he will love you. You'll walk with him and he'll walk with you. You and your maker, one-on-one, doing life together. Together. That's what the gospel is all about. That's why Jesus always said to people, Jesus... You see, the proposal is not just get saved. The proposal is, come, let's do life together, which is why Jesus rarely, if ever, said to anybody, get saved. Jesus' invitation was always, come and what? Follow me. Come and follow me. Come come and let's do life together. That was always the proposal, (laughs) In fact, it sounds, like a, it sounds a little bit like a marriage proposal, does it? Come, let's do life together. In fact, write this down and see, this is so important. The invitation is like a bridegroom proposal. You say, aren't you stretching that a little bit, Blackwood? Not a bit. Listen to John 3. Jesus says the, the what? Everybody say it. 
Yeah, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. Yeah, the friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. Folks, I love that. Jesus compares himself to a bridegroom, and he compares his church, all of us who are believers, the body of Christ, he compares us to the bride. And the voice of the bridegroom is always saying to us, come and follow me. Let's do life together now, and let's do life together in the eternal world, in that new earth that he will create for us, all the way to that time. In fact, if you read all the way to the end of the Bible, when we have left heaven and come back to a brand new earth, and that's where we're headed, by the way, not to heaven, eventually back to a new earth. Listen to what the Bible says will happen there. Revelation 21.9, one of the seven angels came and said to me, come, and I will show you the, there we are, the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Don't you love that? There we are as the bride of Christ. And he is saying even there, come and follow me into eternity. What a proposal. By the way, here's a picture of Garrett proposing to Ileana. That's been the same response. Oh, every time. I love it. And that was that Disney world. And you do want to go, oh, it's so beautiful, isn't it? But think about it. Garrett's proposal was not, hey, Ileana, why don't I give you my name? You'll, you'll just become Miss Silgy. Uh, hey, Ileana, why don't we just have a big ceremony, a wedding ceremony? That wasn't the proposal, was it? None of that. The proposal was come, let's follow each other through this life. Let's do life one-on-one. You and me, together, forever. That's the proposal. And what an image of Jesus' proposal to you. His proposal is, come, let's do life together. And when you receive him as Savior, it's like saying, I do. It's like saying, I do. And you become the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. We all are the bride of Christ. And here's what makes that relationship so beautiful. Write this down as number two. Baptism makes that relationship public. Public. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 18. 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make followers of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, folks, don't miss the sequence. Because becoming a Christian begins when you believe and receive Christ. And then make that valid, authentic, as you follow him, right? That's like saying, I do. And you become a part of the bride of Christ. But here's what makes that relationship so beautiful. Your baptism is like a public wedding ceremony, (laughs) because it's through baptism that your relationship with Jesus goes from private to public. It's in baptism that you, it's it's your way of of saying, it's your way of saying, I I want people to know (laughs) that I love him. 
I want the public, I want the world to know that I am committed to following him. He is mine. I am his. It's like I say, I wear this ring to let people know I love running. I'm not ashamed of wearing this ring. That's what baptism is. In baptism, you're saying, look, he died for me. He was buried for me. He rose again for me. Yes, I love him. And I want it to be be public knowledge. I'm not ashamed of it. Baptism is your public way of saying, I'm not ashamed of him. And folks, here's why it's so beautiful. Write this down as B. Baptism is a ceremonial picture of the relationship. In fact, everybody heads up, it's a ceremonial picture, actually, of what Jesus did for you. Listen to Romans 6. Listen to this text carefully. The Bible says, we were therefore, and here's here's a key word, and I want us to say it together. We were therefore, what's that next word? Everybody say it like you mean it. Yeah, we were buried with him, how? Through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Listen, here's what baptism does. Baptism is a picture, and it pictures the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. By the way, Paul said that's the gospel. He said, I declare the gospel unto you, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Here's what baptism does. When you go down into the water, That is a picture of Christ's death, and when you go under the water, his what? Yeah, his burial. But what happened on the third day? Yeah, he rose from the dead. So do you see the picture? Death, burial, resurrection of Christ. In fact, we want to give you a picture of that today. So, Lauren is going to come out, and she's going to be baptized today. So let's give it up for Lauren. Lauren, let me help you. And she's going to give you a picture. She has trusted Christ as her Savior. Let's give it up for her for that. And this is her way of saying, I'm not ashamed of him. He died. He was buried. And he rose from the grave for me. And my baptism is a picture of that truth. So, Lauren, upon a public profession of your faith in Jesus... I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Great job. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Why would we not want to do that, right? Yeah, let's stand up for her. Let's stand up for Christ. Let's give it up for our Lord. Now listen, you can grab a seat because I want you to understand this. There's there's even more than that because in that baptism, you not only picture the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Listen to this. You also picture the death of your old life, the burial of your old ways, and the resurrection of a new way of living and walking with him. So it's, it's the burial of Jesus, death, burial, resurrection of Christ, and also the death, burial, and resurrection of yourself. 
Now, you need to know this. God wants baptism done the right way. Let me ask you this. Is doing a wedding ceremony the right way important to the bride and groom? Is it? Of course it is. They want it done the right way. And the same way is true with Jesus when it comes to baptism. So here's a few things we need to know about doing it the right way. Write this down as B. Baptism is exclusively for those who are followers of Christ. Listen to what the text says. Therefore go and make matetuo, make followers of all nations. Now watch this. Baptizing them. Who's the antecedent of them? The followers, the matetuo. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In other words, folks, there is an exclusiveness to baptism. Baptism is only for those who have trusted Christ as their Savior and are committed to following him in that relationship. Think about this, single guys. What if a single girl came up to you and said, hey, let's have a wedding ceremony. I saw one of those the other day, and it was just the coolest thing. I, I want to do that. Let's just you and me do a wedding ceremony. Now, I'm not interested in really following you. I'm not committed to you. I just want to do that, that wedding ceremony thing with you. What would you say, guys? Yeah, girl, are you crazy? Yeah, just like that. Just like that. Jesus wants it done the right way. Only for those who are committed. Only for those who are committed to following and loving him. You see, this is one reason why we don't baptize infants at Christ Fellowship. We dedicate infants. We dedicate them to Christ, but we don't baptize them. Why? That's for followers. You see, a baby cannot make a decision to follow Christ. A baby cannot realize that they are sinners, that they are lost, that they are under the penalty of eternal death, that they need a Savior, and that they're going to follow that Savior. A baby cannot make that decision. That's why we don't baptize them. You say, well, Rick, why then do churches baptize babies? Well, it's, a, it's kind of weird, but they sort of imagine that there's something magical in the water. That somehow when the baby is sprinkled or put down into the water, that it washes away their sins. Or that the water somehow inoculates the baby from, from eternal death. But folks, the fact is, there's nothing magical about that water. It came from Miami-Dade County. There's nothing magical that would wash away sins that would remove sins. And yet when we do that with a child, we give that child a false sense of security going forward. In other words, later in life, they never have made a decision to follow Christ. They've never, never made a decision to receive him as Lord and Savior. And yet you would ask them, do you follow Christ? No. Are you, you know, do, you trust, do you trust him? Not really. But I'm okay because I, I, I was inoculated when I was a baby at the church. You see, baptism is exclusively for those who have already been saved and are following Christ because it's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Write this down to C. Baptism is an act of total immersion. Baptism is an act of total immersion. Therefore, go and make followers of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, let me repeat the question. Is the way a wedding ceremony is carried out, is the way it's done, is that important to the bride and to the groom? Again, it's a rhetorical question. Of course it's important to them. In the same way it's true with our Lord. And you see, here's the point. The whole act of baptism is to capture the picture of the death and the burial and resurrection of Christ. Again, when the person goes down into the water, just like Laura did, going down into the water, you picture the death. Going under the water, you picture the burial of Christ. Coming up out of the water, you picture the resurrection of Christ. Here's the point. Only immersion can, cop- can picture that. Sprinkling somebody cannot capture that image of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. By the way, by the way, the word baptism, when you see that in your Bible, that has been translated from the Greek word baptizo. Here's the problem. When the translators translated baptizo, they didn't translate it. They just took the Greek word baptizo and slid it over into the English as baptize with no meaning to it. And so people assign all kinds of meaning to it. But the word baptizo, baptize, literally means to immerse something. For example, in ancient Greek, that word is used of submerging, immersing uh, garments into dye so as to completely dye them. You immerse them. You submerge them. That's the, the idea of baptizo, to immerse, to capture that picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Now, I know what some of you are probably thinking. You're thinking, well, Rick, after I got saved, I was sprinkled. Does that count? Listen, of course it does. Of course it does. If your heart was right, and you were doing that as an act of love for Christ, you better believe that counts. God always looks at the heart before the ceremony, But here's the other side of that. Here's the point. Jesus died for you. He suffered for you on the cross. He was killed on the cross. He was then buried in a a tomb. But on the glorious third day, he arose from the dead. That's what baptism all Wouldn't it, how meaningful would it be for you to say to the Lord today, Lord, I was sprinkled and I meant I meant it, and I loved you. But Lord, I want to capture what baptism is all about. I want to be baptized, immersion, because I want to capture your death, your burial, and your resurrection, because that's what it cost you to save me. Don't you know that would be so meaningful for Christ, for you to say, of course I want to do that. Lord, if that's the way you want this done, of course I'll do that. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? Now, some of you might, might be saying, well, you know, Rick, I, you know, I, I'm not into the public baptism thing. That's just, that's just not my thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm saved because I, I trusted Christ. I received him as Savior. But I don't want to do the, I'm not going to do the baptism thing because that, that public stuff's not my thing. But I'm saved. Well, listen, not so fast. Not so fast. Because yes, it is the cross alone that saves us from our sins. It is the blood of Christ, not baptism, that washes away 
our sins. Only the blood and only the cross can accomplish that. Paul made that clear when he said this. Paul said, for Christ did not send me to do what? Yeah, to baptize. Paul said, Christ didn't send me to baptize. I let other people do that. Why? But to preach the gospel. Why? Why don't you baptize, Paul? Why are you only preaching the gospel? Lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Paul was saying, I don't baptize people. Because, because I, I, don't, I don't want people to think that it's anything other than the cross and the blood of Christ that saves them. I don't, I don't want them to think that there's something in the baptismal waters that saves them. So Paul says, I only preach the gospel. And that is the blood of Christ and the cross alone can save people from their sins. But that being said, that being acknowledged, there is a sense in which your salvation and your baptism are inseparable. Your salvation... And your baptism cannot be artificially divorced from each other. In fact, listen to what Acts 2.38 says. Peter said this. Repent, Peter said to them, and, and be what? Baptized. Yeah, baptized for the, yeah, for the forgiveness of sins. Wow, in that text, Peter connects repentance and baptism to the forgiveness of of sins. Listen to this text, 1 Peter 3. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you not, watch this, he's making sure we get it, not by the removal of filth from the flesh. In other words, nothing happens in the water. There's no magic in the water. There's no sins wash off of you. That's not it. But the pledge of a good what? Conscious towards God. In other words, baptism is connected to your salvation, not in the sense that it somehow magically washes away your sins. The baptism does show the proof of a sincere conscience. It does show proof that you meant business when you got saved. You see, if following Christ is the characteristic of a true believer, you need to realize that the first step in following Jesus is baptism. That's the first step. Because baptism is saying, I'm sincere. Baptism is showing, I'm not ashamed of him. This doesn't have to be private. I want it to be public. I want people to know I'm not ashamed of Jesus. In fact, listen to what Jesus said. Listen. Strong words. Jesus said this in Luke. Whoever is what? Ashamed of me and my words. The Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory. You see, if you're ashamed of Christ, if you refuse to publicly display your faith through baptism, listen, if that's you, then your salvation is at best suspect suspect because the question is why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want to say again it's like it's like this ring why wouldn't I wear it why wouldn't I wear this I want people to know I love her baptism is your way of saying of course I love him of course I want to be baptized 
So listen, if you're here today and you say, Rick, I, I've been saved, but I was sprinkled, and I want to do this the right way for Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you say, Rick, I, I, you know, I, I've been saved, but you know, for whatever reason, maybe it's not because you were ashamed. You just never have been baptized. And you're saying, I want to get this done. I want to do it. I want to, I want to publicly display my faith for Christ. Listen, I've got great news for you, if that's you. We're going to have a beach baptism very soon. Right? Some of you have been to those. Let me tell you what a beach baptism looks like. We all gather at Bill Baggs Park in that area, and it's an amazing morning, amazing day. We all gather. We begin with worship. We have our bands on site there at the park. We sing. It'll be hundreds of people gathered around. I mean, it's a huge celebration. And we all sing. We have hot dogs and hamburgers and some healthy food for, you know, but we have a great time of fellowship, of hanging out, of singing and praising. And then all of us begin walking toward the beach. And folks, there's typically so many people being baptized that we have pastors just lined up in the water like this. And people are lined up. Boom, 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 boom. And then we just say, come on. And people just start coming out. And there are people from Christ Fellowship watching. And not only people from Christ Fellowship on the banks watching, you know what always happens? People who are there at the park that day, just swimming or whatever, come over and watch what's happening. And I can't tell you how many times people have walked up and said, what's going on? Somebody shared the gospel with them and they got saved. And some even baptized that day. So, so your baptism could actually be a public declaration that leads to the salvation of other people. But it is a... It's a wonderful day. And if you don't want to be baptized at the beach, we can do it here if you'd rather do that. But it's a beautiful day. So here's what I want to ask you to do. For those of you who say, you know, I'm a believer, but I never have been baptized, I want to ask you to take a moment and pray about that. So I'm going to ask us at all of our campuses, bow your heads, close your eye, every head bowed, every eye closed. And Christians, you pray for those. By the way, if you're a believer and you're praying for those and who are believers with you that, that they'll be baptized, would you give them a good amen? Let them know it. Great. So would you take a moment at all of our campuses, every head bowed, every eye closed, and just pray and ask the Lord to help you with this. you already believers, thank you for the honor of being baptized. Amen. Amen. Well, at all our campuses, for those of you who are saying, yeah, I want to do this, I want to ask all of us to take out this little insert in your worship folder. Everybody take it out. And if you'd like to be baptized, would you just fill that part out? Just a 
I see it's got your name, your email, birthday, phone number, whatever you want to give us. But we, we need this to know that you're going you're to be baptized and give you a little bit of instructions. So fill that out. And then here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do just like we do when we have salvations. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And for all of you at all of our campuses who fill that out and you're saying, yeah, I want to be baptized, I'm going to ask you on three, I'll go one, two, three, and I'm going to ask you to raise it in the air. Here's why. Number one, this will be your, one of your first ways of saying, I'm not ashamed of him. Yeah, I love him, and I'm going to follow him in baptism. This will be an honor for you to raise your card and to say, I love him. But then secondly, if you'll look around at all of your campuses, you'll see volunteers in the aisle, and they have a little thing. I just lost mine. Can I have that one? Thank you. <laughs> they have a little uh, wristband like this that they want to give you when you raise your hand. So they'll take your card and give you a wristband. And here's what it says. So you'll get to wear this. It says, I am making it public. Isn't that great? I'm making it public. So they want to give you that. So Christ Fellowship, if you're pulling for those who want to be baptized, let them know it. Amen. So here we go. On three, if you fill that out, you want to be baptized in all of our campuses, on three. You ready? Here we go. One. Don't be ashamed. Two. On three. Yes, sir. Ready? Three. Raise them up. Great. And all of our campuses. Amen. Take your time. Get those handed out at all of our campuses. You know, one of the things I want to encourage us to do, Christ Fellowship at all campuses, one of the things I want to encourage us to do, when people raise their hand and you're seated next to someone, whether they made a decision to be baptized or whether they made a decision to receive Christ as Savior, here's what I want to always encourage you to do. Always go over to them after the service and say, congratulations. Glad you did that. You know why? You know why? It takes a little courage to raise your hand, doesn't it? It takes guts to do that. And I want to make sure when people do that, they don't feel awkward walking out because nobody's even acknowledging you. So always make sure when you see people that you let them know that we love them. Let's give it up again for them. Christ Fellowship and all of our campuses. Well, next weekend, we're going to start a two-part series called Question and Answer, where I'm going to be taking your questions, and I'm just going to sit here and answer some of the hard questions. And I'm a, it's going to be kind of scratching where you're itching. You know, sometimes I'm talking about and you're thinking, I wish you would, and I wish you'd answer this. We're going to take those questions and answer them. It's going to be a lot of fun and hopefully very helpful. So invite somebody with you. I'm going to ask all our campus pastors to come forward now. I love you all, Christ Fellowship. God bless you. What a great message by Pastor Rick. If you want to get baptized, we want to hear about it. Visit cfmiami.org connect and fill out a connection card. That concludes today's service. We'll see you next time.